Welcome to The Baseline, the podcast for coaches, parents, and athletes interested in learning more about softball player development. Here our goal is simple, change and grow the game of softball. an awesome time talking to Coach Malvo uh, from Mizzou today. We talked about a lot of things, his journey to Mizzou, some advice he has for young coaches, all the way to his process for hitting um, and how culture is important to have a successful offense. Hope you'll learn a lot and enjoy. All right, Coach, how's it, doing? How's it going today? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Excited to to hear a little bit, talk hitting, always a, a good thing for me when we have hitting guests on and I get to, to talk that topic. So um, I just wanted to see if you can share with the listeners um, your journey up until now, sort of what led you to Mizzou eventually, uh, some highlights on your coaching journey, um, if you could share that with us. Well, I uh, got into softball whenever I was in, in college, um, back in the day when um, – you know, I wanted to get involved in college somehow. I played baseball growing up, so never really had a fast-pitch softball background. Um, played baseball through high school, and I went to Texas A&M. And uh, I remember when I left, I left home. My dad wanted me to leave all my baseball stuff at home and focus on school. But, you know, you get around people, and, you know, they want to go out in the open. Sometimes you got to let some steam off, so uh, kind of – behind the scenes, stayed with it a little bit, um, you know, but, I, you know, looking for something to just kind of, kind of be involved in, uh, kind of be a part of it kind of just happened. Um, uh, whenever, uh, like I said, when I was in school, we joined a few support groups for different sports teams and, uh, got to know coach Evans, um, and doing that. And, uh, I forgot what year, I think it was for, January of 98, uh, she asked if I wanted to be a manager. And so that's kind of how everything started. And um, got to travel around, uh, did a lot of bullpen catching. Um, basically, was an equipment manager. Um, you know, she was awesome. And any questions I had, she loved sitting down and talking. And, um, you know, I kind of, you know, went through her to, you know, figure out what my journey was and what my next step was going to be uh, after I graduated. I would, I did that for four seasons and then um, got on after I graduated, I got on at McNeese state as an assistant, was assistant for three years. Uh, the head coach ended up leaving and I ended up getting a head coaching job. And uh, I think I was 27 years old at the time, you know, it was a little, little wild, uh, probably a little too young for that at the time. And, and, uh, you know, but we had a lot of fun, um, you know, in doing so, uh, your learning curve starts to take off uh, a lot. And, you know, when you're a head coach and you're having to, to um, you know, do work so many aspects of the program and, you know, then make sure travel's there and, you know, this and that. I don't think uh, director of ops positions existed back then. Right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I think this is, this is around 2005. So. Um, you know, you're, you're still pretty much, you know, doing everything in the field. And so, you know, the learning, learning curve, you know, you, you started to kind of learn things a little bit faster, you know, you're forced to, um, you know, <clears throat> after that, I went on, uh, to Louisiana Lafayette and, um, you know, I had known coach Mike and coach Steph for pretty much since I'd been at McNeese. I was at McNeese for a total of about seven years as an assistant and as a head. And the whole time I was there, um, you know, I, I, uh, had been in, you know, contact with them and just from playing and they're only an hour away. So, uh, you know, we all became good friends and, you know, back then I, I think softball, you know, could have gone a lot of different routes and, you know, still, um, you know, with, with the success that, uh, you know, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Lafayette had at the time was, you know, people, you know, kind of ignored it, you know, kind of, 
you know, played it down and, you know, but I remember, you know, being an opponent and being and playing him, it was just different, you know, when you would watch them play. And, you know, I think we were both, you know, kind of in the same mindset at the time of, of looking for answers and, and trying, uh, you know, to, to make things work a little bit better. I remember having uh, players at McNeese and, you know, obviously you're not going to have the same athletes as, you know, in Louisiana as LSU is going to have or uh, <clears throat> some other big schools. And, and so, you know, you also don't want to go out there and just take it on the chin every time you play and right. you want to tr- try to maximize what you have. And, you know, I knew that, you know, at the time at McNeese, uh, you know, looking to hit the ball on the ground and, you know, hit, you know, what using your hands and, you know, a lot of that stuff, it just doesn't make, started to not make sense to me. And, um, I, uh, you know, so looking for answers and, you know, being, uh, around, you know, Mike a lot that helped and, you know, but we never really sat down back then and said, Hey, what do you think that this, 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 and this, you know, we, uh, I, I, you start to hear about people that are, you know, a little bit more progressive and innovators back then. And, you know, you tried to, you know, listen to them talk. I, um, you know, with, with the hitting part, I uh, heard about Mike Epstein and I knew that he was coming around uh, at some point and uh, I think he was going to be an hour away from where we were in Lake Charles. And so I would drive over there and, and listen to him talk. And, you know, he was awesome. He was a, uh, uh, very, he, he loved to, to talk the game and talk about hitting. And, and, uh, whenever I went to listen to him talk, he sat there, stayed afterwards. And we had, I don't know, I guess people call them arguments now, but, uh, I, <laughs> I looked at it as ways to, you know, try to just find what, you know, keep searching for what the answer is. And he, um, he stumped me pretty much on everything that I had coming back. And I remember leaving that, um, leaving that meeting and like, man, uh, what, what, where do I go from here? And I bought his tapes and, and I think from that point forward, it really changed how I looked at, um, what we were teaching and what we were trying to do. What, uh, you know, basically my idea of a, a mechanical part, you know, but even a minute, it's also a mental po- approach to hitting. And right. from that point on, just there's, there's so many factors that took place. And um, when I went on and got on at UL and uh, you know, at that time I was able to be around Mike and, and really, you know, I, I knew how to work before. Like I, I, I was always one, I think that would put a lot of time in and, and, you know, I always in my mind was looking for answers. I never really thought that, you know, I, like I know everything and, you know, we're, we're there. And but being around him, I think, helped me to learn how, you know, like how to pick the journey or how to how what part of the process you're going to go off of and what you're going it, to It's just for somebody that was so, you know, resourceful and, and really got in and looked for you know, ways to get better. But I mean, in, in such a deep rooted way, you know, right. I think all you lawyers know, <laughs> you, know you guys, you guys think differently. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, it's, if there's something going on and, and there's something you need to find out there, there's, you die. I mean, you talk about diving all in and I'm going to figure, I'm going to every little possible detail that there is out there that's going to exist in this one little aspect, I'm going to find out. And, you know, and that's, I think that helped shape my mind and how to go about that. I never was exposed to anything like that before. And, and so like, all right, you know, this, that makes sense. And, and so he was, he's not one that's going to sit there and just give you everything. And, you know, as well as, as, as you know, yes. uh, he's not, he's not going to just say, Oh, well, this is just this and this, right. You know, he, he's gonna, he's going to help you identify what possible issues are and possible roads to go, but it's on you now to go try to figure that out, you know, and I'm, yeah, I think at that point it this is back in 2009 ish. Uh, 
it helped shape where, you know, I guess what my coaching style and, um, you know, what, what, how I'm going to go about things. It, it, it really changed how, you know, what, what I was going, gonna just try to approach and go do. So I was there for a couple of years, um, had an opportunity at Bradley, uh, you know, Amy Hayes was there and, um, at the time she's looking to kind of change what they were doing at Bradley. And, um, you know, I, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, be uh soul, you know, running offense and, and, uh, you know, just kind of really get down somewhere that hadn't been done before. Uh, players are not going to know about it. It's just, it was a, in, in, pretty unique challenge and academic school, private school, um, you know, and, you know, just, it just, a lot of it just, it just sounded like such a, you know, interesting possibility. So, you know, we went and did it and I love my time there and, you know, it was, I enjoyed working with Amy and she was, uh, she was very, you know, very open-minded, um, you know, really wanted to try to learn a lot of it. And, you know, with, you know, going about it is, you know, systems are different. And, you know, I think, you know, once she got exposed to that kind of, you know, approach to hitting and, 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 you know, the kind of the newness and, you know, it was pretty cool to kind of see that program change and the athletes really buying in Um, a lot of smart kids. So they were very, you know, they, they, they had questions on everything. And I love that. I had not really been around that a lot. Um, and, you know, you have uh, kids here and there from time to time that may, well, what does this do? Or what is it? Why are you saying this? And what, and they, they were very, you know, they wanted to know everything. And, and, it, it, you know, I think coaches sometimes get caught up and, you know, they don't want, you know, players ask all these questions, just do what I say. And, and at, at that time, I, I realized how valuable that is, is the more they ask, you know, the, the more, you know, if they don't understand something, first of all, you'd rather them ask if you don't want, uh, you know, they get the wrong, wrong idea of what you're trying to do, but it helped them learn also. And them asking and them looking, that meant that their minds are going in that direction. They're curious and wanted to know. And um, that was so fun. Uh, that, I uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I still keep in contact with a lot of former players and, um, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of fun. It was just, it was a totally different environment. Um, you know, and after, after a few years of that, we, uh, or, you know, went back to Louisiana. I think, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of things have changed, you know, the structure of, of how the coaching, uh, uh, staff was, in place in Louisiana, Steph wasn't coaching, you know, anymore. So, uh, you know, it was a different dynamic, uh, you know, different positions, um, you know, different responsibilities. And, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, it was obviously, you know, it, it was a cool situation to, to work again with Mike, um, not quite the same situation it was before. And, and so, uh, you know, we, you know, kind of jump in and go and, um, and then after that, you know, I, uh, things happen at UL and, you know, I ended up going to Kansas for a couple months and, you know, after, and then end up here at Mizzou and, uh, you know, I, you say all that or, you know, talk about all that, but, you know, I've really been at mid majors, you know, for, well, I guess it's probably 85% of the time I've been coaching. And I think being in that environment, you, you really learn and it forces you to learn how to coach and, and you're really kind of like getting down looking for answers. And, um, you know, not that, you know, right now, you know, we have all the answers, but you, you kind of have an idea of, of how to really go and search and, and kind of get your hands dirty and get in and work. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've been fortunate to, to learn so many different things throughout the years and, um, you know, at Mizzou, it's, you know, I wish, obviously everybody wishes the season was still going on. Um, I think we're on the way to really making a big jump and, you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, there's still a lot of things that, you know, we got to get better at. And, um, 
just looking forward to the future. Uh, been for been very thankful that uh, you know Larissa here is is uh, has really installed a, a great culture. Um, you know, it's it was a shell shock. I think you know for for all the kids here. Um, you know, shock to their system with, with you know just the difference in approaches and and you know what the culture is going to be like and it's very 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 difficult and she um you know she's done a good job of installing a hardworking culture and um has very has has given me free free reign on the offense and um you know they've kind of taken over the defense and we've you know it's worked out um but uh you know we've enjoyed it and we're looking forward to what this next year is going to bring yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, some key points in that journey, I think sometimes when we, you know, when young coaches are looking or we're early in our career, we look at sort of like, you know, the now of coaches where they are now um, and don't always understand the full journey. So uh, I'd like to hear if you have sort of advice for younger coaches. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, coaching a mid-major and, and sort of learning how to work through that. But some advice you have for young coaches on that journey of, you know, how to figure out who they are as a coach, um, how to, to keep moving forward in that journey. I think one thing that young coaches, you know, want to be careful of, and this is like over the years, like just, you, you hear a lot of people talk, you know, a lot of people have goals like, man, I just, I want to be a coach at a power five school. Or I want to be like, okay. Yeah. I, I can't say that I never thought that. And, you know, just, in my mind, it's like, man, that would be awesome. And, you know, I'm here now, like, this is, this is so, I'm so fortunate to be where I'm at. Um, but I, I trying to add up the years now I've been doing this in college for 18 years. Yep. So it's, it's, it takes a long time to really get to where you're, you're ready to do that kind of stuff. And, um, I think, it's good to have goals and it's good to, you know, have, you know, these visions of where you want to be, but that it is to get yourself ready to be in that situation. There's so much that goes into it. And I think you have to kind of look where your feet are at the moment and really sit down and that I've got to be the absolute best I can be right here. And also treat every day like you're looking for answers and, um, let the process just kind of play out and there's the situations are going to open doors are going to open. That's always going to be there. Um, but I think, um, as young coaches are getting into it and, you know, you see some come right out of college and get these crazy jobs and you're like, wow, you know, that's very fast. And, right. and, uh, you know, they, they, they don't really, I don't know if they really appreciate really the, the possibility that they have at that time. And I think there comes, and, and I've had people tell me, you know, back in the day, you know, paying your dues and making sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never really understood what that meant. And as the years have gone on and gone through, like I've, I, it starts to kind of make a little bit more sense. Um, your experiences and your failures and, um, everything that you're trying to to figure out on the way, it's going to help you in the long run. Um, it's going to help you learn, um, learning from mistakes, learning from uh, how other people do it. Uh, there's there's so many things that you know kind of go into place, and you know I think you look at some of the the veteran coaches, head coaches right now. Uh, they they've kind of you. It'd be cool to sit down. I I enjoy hearing their stories. Uh, uh, from time to time and you hear man what they had to go through when they first got in and what that was like and you know how you know they were you know at the place that they're at now and they're successful now but you know they've had their ups and downs as well and how they came out of those and I think it's it's very important to to make sure to take advantage of uh, a lot of those lessons learned as well um, but you know for me you know, it's a, I've coached a lot of years in mid-majors and I, I, don't know, I think that that experience is very invaluable. And I think you're just, you're going to have to do 
pull a lot of things out of the hat, you know, so to speak, whenever you're at a lot of those places and, and when you're able to kind of figure that out, so fulfilling, but you, the, the amount that you've got to really learn how to do it is, is incredible. And, um, I think, uh, you know, I don't want people to really look past that and, you know, the process and the journey and everything, like you don't, you can't afford to look past that and you have to make sure that taking advantage of all that, um, those experiences are, are what's going to shape you and, and form you into being a coach. And, you know, when you're ready, like those, those situations will come about. Yeah, for sure. I think if there's anything, this time frame is also teaching us is that, uh, you know, creativity helps you learn. And so I think that's sort of what happens at mid-majors or schools where you might have a little less resources. It forces you to, to be creative and think on your feet, which then once you have the resources, allows you to be a lot more efficient, which I think is, is a good lesson for everyone. Okay. So more specifically, um, so when you're going into a new season, um, you know, sometimes that might be a totally new university or whatever that looks like. What are some of the biggest things that, that you prepare ahead of time? What are sort of like, what are the keys to your process? What are those things that you want to make sure, you know, hammer down right away with hitters to get started well and you're you know basically talking about uh, addressing like you know hitters and and stuff so i i think there's going to be some different things that go into play you know depending on the player um you know first and foremost you know we'll talk about you know our our goals and you know kind of what you know we're looking to work work through is basically we're trying to hit the ball as hard as we can. Um, now what goes into that, there's so many things. And I think, I think we got to be careful of, of, of having them try to think too much, how to make it simple enough for them. Um, you know, I'm, I've already with this ample amount of time that we have now, I've pretty much gone back, you know, with all these, you know, returns that we're going to have. And, you know, I've, I've watched a video, of all of them already, you know, over the year, just like just different clips and right. going to continue to do that. Um, but, you know, identify uh, weaknesses, strengths, you know, all that stuff. What, why is so-and-so maybe not perform at their best, you know, what made, you know, so-and-so end up being, uh, you know, having such a great year, um, you know, just, First, I think having to identify all those things and, you know, how you're in the games, you know, you get a feel for what pitchers are trying to do to you, but, you know, you go back and the video doesn't lie. And, you know, so just uh, going back and, and continuing to try to look at those things and, and see what's going on um, and, you know, making a little bit of a list and, you know, those are going to be some of the main points that we're going to focus on in the fall. Um you know, whether it's a certain pitch or a sequence or, or whatever, um, you know, those are going to be the, the things we're going to address. Um, also in the fall, we are going to spend, you know, which every fall, spend an awful lot of time on mechanical things, strength and conditioning things, and uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we're, you know, performing a lot of the right movements. Um, you know, that's the best time for us to really hit on that it's if you're having to you know chase that cat so to speak in the spring and really try to make so much ground physically uh not you're not going to see a lot of consistency now the fall is when you can get your volume in and and really get break things down to, to where they're not having to worry about so much so many different things and we're on the road and you know they're able to really just kind of focus on what they're trying to do so um you know, we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, and, you know, like I said, if, if, you know, there's, there's certain pitches that are just, you know, we, we've got to address and uh, we'll do a lot of machine work, um, a lot of simulation. Uh, we do scrimmage a lot in the fall. And, and so it'll be a good time to really just kind of, you know, walk that sidewalk and see, Hey, what's, you know, what we got to fix, you know, what does so-and-so need to work on? Um, so, you know, that's going to be the main idea when you get in the spring, 
we have a couple of weeks in January that we'll have, you know, quote, two a days and without school and um, we make a, a big, big jump then as well. Kids will come back from uh, the break and uh, be ready to go. And, you know, we've been fortunate in the, these last two years here at Mizzou that uh, the players have come back and in good shape. Um, you can tell that uh, their minds are there. They're, uh, they worked on their craft when they're at home. And, you know, it doesn't have to be every day, but enough to where you're not trying to, you know, teach, teach chapter one again. And so uh, they, you know, always come back ready to go. And so it's it's made things a lot easier in January. Um, you know, after after you get those two weeks, then you're down to those, you know, 20 hour weeks and time limits. And now they have class. And so, um, you know, it starts to get a little tricky. So uh, those, those are some very important parts of the year um, that are, you know, that have a, a big say in what's going to happen. So, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we're on point, making sure that we're able to address anything that we really, really need to address. And, uh, you know, from that point on, um, it's kind of go time. Uh, going yeah, on that. Sure. Yeah, going off of that freshman coming in, um, you know, watching, uh, you know, try to watch as much as they do, you know, in the summers. And, you know, you it's really hard when, you know, they're not local and you can't, you know, be around them as much. But, um, you know, you'll see videos and, you know, that's one positive thing about social media is, yeah. you know, they're going <laughs> to, you see more softball videos than maybe you care to see. But, um, you know, they put a lot of that out there and, and it's it makes it a little bit easier to track. And, um, you know, but you're going to have, you know, a big general uh, uh, little program for them anyways when they come in. Um, and you can see, you know, as, as you're tracking their successes and you see what they're going to do that you can start to say, okay, well, so-and-so is doing this well. So, you know, we're going to still cover this, but it may not be as in-depth. And, you right. know, somebody else, oh, they're, you know, they're a little bit long or they got a big loop in their swing or, you know, you know, whatever, they may need to spend some time on this. So, um, and we'll usually find that out a little bit more also, you know, in a couple of weeks into, um, you know, when we get in the fall, um, but we're, you know, we've had, we've got some good athletes coming in, uh, very excited for, um, you know, for that part of it. And, you know, it's, it's also fun, you know, some new, I guess you call them challenges, but, you know, new, you know, new things to work on, um, new people to work with uh, that kind of start cycling in and, you know, just uh, it's always fun. Uh, this past year, it's, you know, I'm going to say how hard it is as a freshman. I, I think you see, you know, people graduate, it, it, people, people realize it, people know it, but, you know, you get reminded from time to time, man, it is, it's very hard to be a freshman. And yeah. Your life is flipped upside down. You know, you have this quote freedom and, you know, you have all, you know, so many new things getting thrown at you. That's one thing I would never want to be a freshman again. And I, uh, but you know, you see that, it's like, man, I, I can't imagine. We, this past year, we were so fortunate. This freshman group, uh, I don't, I, I don't know if it's some in the water or what, but, you know, they loved to get, you know, in the cage and work and, you know, get out on the field and work. And, you know, we, we had a lot of fun with them. Um, it's, it was, uh, you know, we, it was very pleasant to be around them. And, you know, one thing I try to do is, is bring out personalities and, and some of the, so I, you know, I'll be sarcastic at times. I'll, I'll poke the bear, you know, I'll, you know, whatever. And, and it, it was almost like they just, nothing could phase them. And so yeah. uh, it was pretty, that was pretty cool to see. And, you know, it's very exciting for, you know, what the future has. Um, talking yeah. a little bit, you know, and texting a little bit back and forth with some of the uh, incoming ones for next year, uh, you know, during this time, you know, I, I think it's going to be some similar personalities. So, um, you know, That's really, awesome. you know, you're working on now, but you definitely better work on, uh, what's about to happen in the next few years too. 
Yeah, for sure. So I think that leads nicely into it and maybe speaking to what you, you know, if there are some, some traits about that class that you really think stand out or just in general, what, what are some things you think are really important to be successful at your level? So if I'm coming in or I'm in high school um, and I'm hoping to play, you know, at an SEC level, what are some things you look for in your hitters um, that sort of signal for you that they'll be successful? Well, there's, there'll be a couple of things that come to mind. One thing, they've got to be competitive. And, you know, kind of what I mean by that is, you know, there's there's a difference. I think there's, you know, I'm I'm doing everything I got to do to win. I'm, when I get in that box, this pitcher is not going to beat me. Um, when I'm in the field, I'm never letting a ball get by. Um, everything I got to do to win. Um, you know, there, there's a difference. I think sometimes, um, you know, we've all seen over the years where, you know, kids may get amped up and they swing at everything or, you know, like the, the over aggressive, you know, whatever. There's there's that kind of like fine line to where you're in control. Um, but competitiveness is huge. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, the word athleticism, you know, and I know that can mean so many things, um, but you know, good eye-hand coordination. Um, but I think uh, the earlier you can start to train to hit that higher level nasty stuff, the better. And, you know, we will do a lot of velocity training um, in the fall, you know, get them used to hitting that kind of, you know, 60, 65 to 68. We right. face, I, don't, I don't know what's going on right now, but I felt like we faced – couple people throwing 70 this year and I'm, and I'm just like what like it used to never happen I mean you'd hear about one or two people that did and I think we faced two or three pitchers this year that threw 70 and and uh you know just so that has to be uh that has to be something you've you've addressed and practiced on a little bit you're not going to just walk up there and hit that stuff so um the ability to hit that higher level stuff um and you know this is this is the i guess the controversial word but mechanics um you know i i i it there's a little battle you know i think that goes on out there and it's like oh this matters more this matters more you know and i'm not gonna say anything is not important or the only thing but if you don't have proper mechanics to hit and to really be able to, you know, hit different speeds and locations and hit them with power and make a pitcher have to think about what they're throwing. Then, you know, I, I, I think kind of missing the boat on that. And I, I think people have got to make sure that, that there there's ample time spent on that. Right. Um, you know, you have, you, know, you may have your less than 1% that, are naturally gifted that they can somehow find the barrel, you know, right. find the ball with the barrel, like in their sleep, they can roll out of bed and, and, but I've never been around any and <laughs> I know they exist, but I've, I've never seen any of those. And, um, you know, I think we, I think we've got to make sure that we're spending the time to do, um, you know, the right pieces of it with, with the mechanical part. Um, people that um you know may have uh high strikeout numbers sometimes that's what it is and you know when when you get to this level not only are you facing the nastiest stuff all the time but they know your weaknesses and right. they know they they've seen enough of your games online or on TV and they they know what to go after and they know all right, if you get to this count, throw this and they get to this count, whatever. And they, and I think uh, we have to be very cognizant of that. And, um, but part of it is making sure mechanics are sound where you don't have glaring holes. Um, that eliminates a lot of struggles that some people may go through. And, uh, you know, and then after that, you know, a good, a good mental approach. Um, you know, basically you, you want to make sure that you're taking away what pitcher is throwing and as, as you're going out there and it's, it can be as simple as, uh, Oh, she's a, a rise ball pitcher upspin. All right. You make her throw a strike. 
um, and you know that you're going to have to stay on plane with it. Um, you know, somebody throws jump all the time, you know, you adjust your timing there and, you know, just, you know, sometimes it's, it's going to be very simple. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're going to go up there and, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for this one spot, this one pitch, you know, I know that they're going to end up throwing it. So we're, you're going to, we're going to be ready. Um, you know, it's kind of, I mean, whenever you're going to make a, you know, very detailed plans like that. I think you kind of got to be careful because you got to make sure that they're going to throw it. And, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you go up there and they don't throw it. Then you're like, Hey, you know, I had a plan. I'm then, uh, you know, we, I, the emotional control that, you know, don't, you know, dealing with failure, um, got to make sure you're staying on top of that because you're going to fail almost all the time. And, and so making sure that you're, understanding you you learn your lessons but don't let it affect your 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 approach or you know your ability to get out there and compete and making sure that you're you know in control of yourself and your mind and making sure that you're ready to to you know move on and get ready for the next at bat and do what you got to do yeah for sure i think um so we had a, a little pitching talk last week that um, I helped moderate. And one of the questions that came up about recruiting was if you, are there certain mechanics that you see in a pitcher that when you're recruiting, you know, I can't fix those basically in my four years, that's something I'm not going to, it doesn't matter how athletic the kid is or what I think I can untap that, that, that doesn't give me enough time. Are there things you see mechanically, you know, without getting into the detail of every single mechanic you're looking for, but things you definitely see mechanically that it might be a big, strong athletic kid, but you just know you're not going to have enough time to sort of fix those in four years to be ready to hit at this level. Yes. Um, I think when you, you know, a lot of, of big, you know, crazy movements or, you know, I, I, and, it's such a crazy question because there's so many, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. Um, you don't know what they've been taught sometimes or had they been even taught anything. Is it, is it just a kid that is, you know, that the parents, you know, bring them to the field and they, you know, they get in there and get their cuts in and they just go, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of times as crazy as it sounds, a lot of times that, you know, those, you know, that if they're, you know, like those raw athletic kids that they may not have all this stuff in their minds, like, you know, over the years that coaches tell them to do this, okay, then do this. And sometimes they, they, they can grow fast and it's almost, it's almost like they just need, now once they get that little, you know, pat down the sidewalk to somebody shows them the right path and it's over. And And, you know, vice versa, sometimes people that hear too much, it's, it can make things a little bit more difficult um, yeah. from, you know, it could be a, something that, well, you know, they've had somebody over the years that told them to do this. Right. And, and it's very, you know, difficult to break that because it's so programmed and they don't know how to feel anything different. Um, and, you know, then they get in the cage and, they try, you know, and they, they think they're doing it. It's something different. And then they start swinging and missing and, you know, the panic starts to set in. And so now, you know, you're kind of dealing with that. So I, I, I think there's, it, it, there's so many pieces that are going to go into it. Um, I think if, if you're, you know, teaching a system, you know, in your programming, and you're talking to somebody that's going to be coming in or you, you may be recruiting. And I think it's good to have some of those conversations at that point um, as players, uh, uh, kids that are getting recruited. I think they need to to make sure that they're bringing that up as well. You know, don't don't get, you know, wide eyed, you know, because you're on a campus and, you know, you know, a coach has been watching and, you know, and, and, and got to be careful of letting, you know, letting your guard down and say, oh, this will, you know, this is going to be fun. It's, you know, also got to look into what's every day going to be like and what's their plan and what do they see me, 
to do. And I think breaking that little barrier in the beginning and earlier will also help the growth of a player um, over time to, to go a little bit faster. Uh, you know, it, if, if they're a little resistant, you know, if they're not really believing in what you're saying or, you know, whether they don't understand or they're just flat out like that ain't right. Yeah. It's going to be very, very, very difficult. Um, you know, I, I, last year, uh, you know, obviously all this was very new here. Um, we may have had one or two kids that maybe heard of this stuff before. Uh, and, you know, so I, I remember I went in right away and, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to work on this, 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 and this. And, you know, we, you know, the, the, the fall was a little bit of a struggle. Um, we didn't, it, it wasn't happening very fast. Um, you know, I think, you know, combined, you know, the fact that they've, you know, been talented and, you know, they, you know, we've had a lot of the, there was, uh, a certain amount of kids that left the year before, um, a lot of people that were mainstays in the lineup, a lot of big RBIs and, um, you know, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if a lot of them really knew, okay, this is what we're getting into and, and, and college for one, you know, the time, uh, the, the requirements to, Hey, we're going to have to get in and work because, you know, we're, we're trying to get better. We want to make sure that we're able to compete and, so I don't, I don't think that right away they really understood that part of it. Um, yep. And then uh, how much time really, you know, really, really goes into it and uh, the amount of reps it takes to, to affect a muscle pattern and trying to make sure that we're, you know, going down the right path to where we feel something consistently where, and, you know, we're not going to go swinging and man, man, what happened there? What, you know, I, I, I can't feel anything. Right. So, you know, there was there was a big adjustment. And as the fall went on, you know, and I, I, I know I joke with some of some of our players, you know, now like they that's the stuff that they would complain about that September. And, you know, you could just see it in their faces like, All right, what is this dude talking about? Like, what is going on? And um, but, you know, as as it went on and. You know, like there's times, okay, I'm going to give them a lot of stuff and I'm going to back off. Let them try to kind of like feel a couple things. All right. If they start working down this, you know, start feeling this, then we'll start to put a little more on. And, you know, so it's kind of like a little bit of a tennis match. And but as time went on, they became they became a little bit more inquisitive about uh, what was what we were talking about. And um, and then one thing would click. And then another thing would click. And then by the end of the fall, we're totally different place. Um, And, you know, they came back in January and that year. And, you know, that was the first time I was like, oh, we may be able to do some fun stuff this year. So, uh, but I was a little stressed over that, that Christmas time. And, and uh, I, I knew, you know, there's two ways that it could go this year. And, um, but, uh, uh, it was it was fun to see and um the players they their buy-in affects the you know the the rate of of what's gonna what's gonna happen how are they gonna get better are they gonna like the buy-in those mindsets they matter um but you know with all that being said um their ownership uh you know sometimes try to find ways to put it in their hands where you know they they they're all going to have their individualities and certain things that they like to do or certain routines and, and just, you know, making sure that, you know, we're doing enough to put it in their hands to make sure, all right, you know, this, I, I got to get better at this or, you know, that's where I think machines come in, you know, you go spin a rise ball. It doesn't take a kid long to realize, Oh crap, I can't hit a rise ball or yeah. put it put a drop ball down there and it's like, okay, I can't stop from beating it into the ground. What do I do? And, and right. so, um, you know, it's good for, you know, you're, you're, you're going through your practices, you're challenging them and, um, you know, making sure that each day they, they got to kind of bring it to make sure that they're um, getting better. And, you know, you, 
you you're gonna have to judge your you know your own players in a way to make sure that you know the challenges you put in front of them isn't too crazy and but you don't want it too easy either um you know all that it's kind of a little bit of a science that goes along with that and you know making sure it's attainable and they have to put in some effort to get there and then all right they get there you can raise a bar the next day um but you know there's there's a lot of pieces that go along with that um that's a long answer but uh to that question but it's i think there's a lot of things we got to to look into that if a player is willing to put the time in and they're willing to do uh you know willing to learn a system and really willing to get as as good as they possibly can be i think anybody can really do it um so yeah for sure i think uh one of the things you touched on a lot there is intent which i think is sort of under talked about or maybe misunderstood because a lot of times I think people use intent to mean just intending to swing hard or, or something generic. And, um, you know, I have a little flow chart that sometimes I show people of, you know, if I, you know, if you see a mechanical flaw, they're like, what do you attack? You know, what do you attack first? And, uh, first would be just, uh, you know, some sort of movement deficiency. But then I think the next thing is intent and, and intent is sometimes the hardest one to overcome because, um, you know, the, the kids, even when they're, only 18 have been playing for 10 years and have built up intent that maybe they don't realize or know. Um, And so you really have to sort of unpack that. So I think that's a a good point of what are they intending to do in their swing? And do they know what they're intending to do in their swing? How layered is that? How, how easy can they get out of that intention to have a different one? So um, I think that's an important topic that, that probably should be talked about a little bit more and, and make people understand why overcoaching sometimes at younger ages is not great because of the intent. Then they come into, to a level like yours um, and struggle to overcome that. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your, your freshman class and their personalities and, and some of the things Larissa has done with culture, but can you dive in just a little bit into, you know, how important culture has been for you at, at I guess just all along your journey and success and, and maybe speak to, you know, culture is a word we throw around a lot, but, but what that culture looks like or what that means to you um, for your programs to be successful. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing what, when, it, when I think about culture is if I walk into a locker room or I'm going to walk into uh, in a practice, you're going to have a certain feel or you're going to have, um, you know, it may have a certain type of effect on, on what your mindset is and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to react a certain way, or I'm going to, I'm going to want to do certain things. And so, um, you know, in culture, they're going to, it's going to have a big effect on, on how your team performs, uh, what you do and all that stuff. So I, from, you know, whether you want to be a hardworking culture or you want to be blue collar, um, you know, that's, you know, just kind of the, the mindset that it gives you. I think some programs will have, I guess you could say elitist, you know, like they, they, they feel like, Hey, we're just better than everybody. And so, you know, maybe that works for them. Um, some may have uh, uh, the, the, the underdog mindset, you know, I'm, we're going to go and just shock the world every year. You know, we're, you know, whatever, whatever all that is, you know, I think, that all comes into culture. Um, the actions after that, you know, what, what you do with your team, um, you know, how you implement that's, you know, that that's all going to depend on, on what kind of culture you're trying to set. Um, uh, in a team, um, and you, and you see a lot of successful, uh, let's say, you know, we'll use other aspects too, like pitching. If you, you know, that there's some programs that, a pitcher's going to go there knowing I'm going to have a chance to be an All-American. I'm going to compete against the best, but there, everyone in the country is going to look at us and be like, man, I hate playing them because those pitchers always shut you down. I guess. Yeah. And those pitchers, not like you just see it in their faces, like their attitudes and right. how they snap the glove whenever they catch the ball, the throwback from the catcher and how they – that little walk around the circle, you know, it's, right. it's just, 
it's very challenging um, offensively. It's like you sometimes you get caught up in, oh yeah, we uh, just we got to break what's going on right now somehow, some way. Um, but you know, it, it, in a hitting culture, there's there it, it's equally or uh, almost I would almost say more importantly as big because it's got to be so strong that you don't allow yourself to get taken out of your game or you know if things aren't going right and you're in the fifth inning and you have one hit and you just you're, you're searching for answers you can't let yourself you know take a step back you can't take that emotional hit the negative let it negative energy start you know kind of take control of the dugout and and hitting there's just so many things that can go wrong you can do everything right and still get shut out you know it's just it's crazy and and so you know, got to make sure you're on top of that. And how does that happen? Um, you know, I think, you know, first day to day, they got to have that, you know, you talk about the intent again, but making sure you're coming into work and making sure that um, when I walk up, I'm ready to be challenged. I'm ready to get better. I'm ready to make sure I'm doing anything I possibly can to maximize what I'm doing this day. Um, whether we're going to focus on, a different part of the swing or a different mechanic or, or a different feel. Um, when I leave, I want to make sure I have that down. And are we working on hitting this pitch? Are we working on, you know, this challenge, whatever? We go in, in our minds, we're, we're working to attack that. And I think there is a 100% direct correlation into whether you're going to compete in games or not. And if you – are competing on a daily basis, you know, and you don't let a, a machine, you know, just totally take your confidence away or, you know, you get in there and you swing and just get so discouraged. I, 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 for one, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of coaches out there, uh, you know, they, they, they don't like emotional outbursts or, you know, I don't know why I freaking love it. And, you know, I, not, you know, you don't want to get out of control where it's such a big distraction. But I, I think there it's always nice to see when players are so emotionally involved in what they're doing on a daily day basis. And and if things don't go right, if thing if, if they're if they're struggling and you see them get so ticked off and you know, it's just I it's I think it's, it's healthy for one, you got to let it out a little bit. And again, don't go punching walls and throwing coolers and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, but I think it, it also shows everybody that it's so important to you and you're going to, you, your, your motives, you know, I don't, you know, I don't see it as a selfish thing. I think sometimes it's good. It's sometimes like, Hey, this, you know, this pisses me off. I'm coming back. You know, where you respond after that is going to tell a lot. And if you just throw the whole day away, that's not good. And I I think we got to make sure that, you know, that's something you work on, too, is how do I bounce back? All right. I'm going to strike out. Nobody likes to strike out. So I might, you know, say something in the dugout, but that'll be it. You know, but when it's, you know, ongoing and a distraction, then it becomes an issue. But um, I think it's healthy and I think it's, it's good. It shows your teammates that, you know, like they care, they're fighting. And, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's very easy when you're trying to control things that things can start to mellow out and the energy level goes down. Um, you know, there's so many things that happen in a seven inning game that, you know, momentum changes, you know, sometimes you feel like you play, three different games in one game, you know, like yeah. you come out, you know, and you, you jump up eight to nothing in two innings. All of a sudden in the sixth inning, you can be down 10 to eight and, yeah. you know, like, man, what just happened? Then you come back and tie, you go extra innings and you go, it's like, Oh my God, what's, you know, how do you make, what do you, how do you make sense of that game? So, yeah, right. but it can happen all the time. And, and, um, you know, you can't really address any one particular you know, aspect, it's, you know, who was able to, to kind of sustain the most and compete the longest and, you know, all that good stuff. So 
um, I think, you know, the culture, it matters so much. And um, who, what you want to enforce in, you know, the games are fun and the games are, you know, obviously the big part, you know, a lot of, uh, of coaches livelihoods are determined, you know, by the outcome of those games, but it's, is that really the focus? And, you know, if, if, if that culture isn't set on a day-to-day basis of, you know, what you want to implement, what, how you want to be, and are you working, are you doing this, then you might as well not even worry about the games. If, if you're just waiting to play it in spring and all right, now we're getting after it. Well, you're, it's too late. Like right. the game and not just in the SEC all over. I mean, right. I sure. just, you know, you've, you saw this year, how many upsets were there uh, throughout the year? And, you know, it's, it's, this game isn't easy. And, you know, we, I remember uh, we played uh, James Madison. I think that was our first loss this year. We've, when we played James Madison in Florida Woo. and man, it's the amount of intensity in this game was unreal. Yeah. Like they, it's almost like they felt like it was their game from the beginning, you know, like where they, they never, they were never going to think, Oh, here goes, here's Mizzou. You know, this is going to be, I mean, it was crazy. And, yeah. and I can't remember exactly how, I think we went up early, but it was such a back and forth game. And we went into extra innings and we took the lead in extra innings. And then they, you know, they come back and it was just like, Oh my, but you could, you could tell that there's, there's a, a strong culture there, but I mean, there's, there, there's teams like that, you know, throughout the country. And I think back maybe 20 years ago, it may not have been like that, um, but it is like that now. And, you know, anybody can beat anybody almost on any given day. And it's not football. It's, you know, this, this is a different kind of sport. So, um, you got to be in control of your mind. Your mindset's got to be strong and the culture will help build all that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What are, um, just helping sort of the, the coaches listening or players and athletes, what are some of the top, maybe top two or three resources that, that you use um, that you think would be helpful for coaches trying to learn whether it's hitting culture, it really could be, you know, any of the top resources that you've used. I'll try to not be cliche-ish on this. Um, you know, like I will say before I go into it, I, I and I know everyone talks about this a lot, especially nowadays, but the strength and conditioning part is so vital. And and there you can still become more knowledgeable on it if you don't have a background in it. Um, there's, there's a lot of information out there, but I think uh, as, as coaches now, uh, We've got to make sure that um, we're very well versed in what's going on. You don't have to be an expert. Like there's still people to go to, and um, you know, what I'm not as strong probably as uh, whoever out there that you know they may be able to use all these crazy terms, and I don't know what I'm not even gonna start to even try to say certain words because I don't want to sound more stupid than I am. But no, I I, I think that you know, that's such a big part. And if you're not understanding from, from how you want to train, you know, obviously it doesn't make sense to go, you know, put, uh, you know, if you're trying to train a pitcher or a hitter and all you're going to do is squat 400 pounds and, and bench 400 and think you're going to go be able to be explosive and, and quick and be able to manipulate your body and to be more efficient you know, that I think we've got to make sure that we have an understanding on how I want to train athletes. Um, and, you know, and if, as you learn, I think you also understand, okay, who are some resources out there to reach out to? People are awesome. Um, I think people don't realize, especially with social media, how accessible others are. Um, you see a lot of high level people across the country, um, young coaches, I think, you know, using that, it, young coaches are so well versed in social media. Um, you know, I, I, you see a lot of things on Twitter. Um, you know, especially in the uh, strength and conditioning part. You know, I think reaching out to, you know, people that you see that you have a question on, you'd be surprised 
how how much response you get back. Um, it's very healthy. Um, but, you know, I, I think one thing to keep in mind, you know, you got to wear so many hats and as a coach, um, uh, you know, so really opening your your broadband. I love podcasts, not just a plug as to as to podcasts right now, but it's you know, these these kind of podcasts are amazing for just kind of hearing what what other people have gone through. Um, and it's not always going to be, hey, I'm a hitting coach and I'm going to go try to listen to these hitting ones. But, you know, like listen to either journeys or, you know, other, you know, successful uh, entities out there. You know, I I uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but, I, you know, I, I've been a big wrestling fan over the years. And I love Stone Cold's podcast. Like it is, I every, anytime I'm going on a on a long drive because they're all like over an hour. They're like hour and a half, two hours. Um, but you hear the stories of these guys that he interviews, and they're unreal. Like the 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 absolute, you know, they sell out, you know, for their career. You know, they're, you know, they were living in cars and they're driving to here, and you know, they're uh you know the things i had to sacrifice over the years um but like for me it's just so cool to listen to those experiences and you know sometimes you know we'll all complain about this or that but uh you know it's it's a good perspective and you realize man well they they went through that well surely i can i can (laughs) stay at the field another hour (laughs) or whatever i gotta do so um uh a couple of books i like um I think one thing, you know, the talent code was a big, I think there's some, there's some, uh, you know, some stuff in there that's like common sense. Yeah, you hear, yeah, you got to make sure that you're getting the reps you got to do. Yeah. But when you start talking about what kind of reps you're taking or, or, you know, how much you're really, you know, addressing when you're doing it, you know, making sure that, um, you're being as efficient as possible. Um, I think a lot of things can go back to that book when you're talking about uh, developing a player in, you know, in, in that, in whatever sport. I think, uh, you know, baseball and softball, there's so many technical things that go into it. So you're going to have to make sure that you're, you know, spending the right amount of time when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, trying to develop a skill or making somebody a little bit more efficient. Um it does a good, the book does a good job of some things to keep in mind as, you know, you're going about it. And then I think it's going to help kind of lead the way of, of where you want to go from there. Um, I think everybody's read the MVP machine. Uh, you know, I thought that was such a, that was, that was so cool to just see the different, uh, you know, just different ways, uh, you know, that people have kind of like jumped out of the box and, and right. really, really accelerated a lot of uh you know growth in major league baseball and it's going to continue to to be so um uh growth mindset um uh, from uh Dweck, she uh um does a good job of understanding that uh, or or illustrating the point of making sure that you know we're always looking to you know really find the answers not don't you know stay in stagnant and think you know everything but keeping that open, open mindset, um, great book. Um, you know, but I think after, you know, you read a couple things, everyone's going to react different or they're going to, they're going to take something differently than others. And I think it's going to kind of lead you down a path. And I think we just, I think the biggest thing is making sure that we continue to search and we continue to make sure that, Hey, we're trying to get better and, you know, never sit and think, you know, you know it all or you have all the answers because nobody does. And, you know, that I think you see uh, like a lot of those highly successful people that like, they just grind and grind and grind. You know, they're looking like they're, they're searching. Um, I think, uh, you know, the more that we are able to stay on top of that and keep that kind of mindset, I think uh, the better it'll make us, but it'll, it'll make the sport as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate your time so much. I, uh, I joke because, um, you know, probably at this point, it's been about a year and a half since I was first introduced to, to Mike Lateef and <laughs> coffee friendship. Um, but 
one of the amazing things um, about him is that he's connected me to uh, just amazing coaches and he has a very good judge of character and, and you are included in that. And, and one of the people I reference as in the game who truly has, you know, the right, the right priorities and, and a good heart and um, it's just going to help sort of keep growing the game and, and bringing young coaches along. So we appreciate that and appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a lot of fun and uh, we'll be in contact. Yeah, for sure.